Hello, everybody. Live from Koreatown, it is the Ozone. I'm your host, Omar Miller, and I'm fresh from a Lakers Clippers extravaganza at the Staples Center. And I'm here with my brother, Terry Miller, also known as the Icon. I kissy. How you feeling? To the pissy. I feel good. Give me the injury report. We'll be looking like. Report. It looks like I'm in a boot, maybe for another week or so. Hopefully, the the closer side of not a week, or whatever it is. Um. I'm, my ankle is calcifying at at this point. So is that a good at, thing? We're looking at a calcification. Yeah, I, I guess it's just a what is it, a, a soft point or a, a, a <laughs> are you okay? I am. <laughs> Terry, are you okay? Are you okay, Terry? <laughs> you Terry's know. having a hard time. I don't know what's going on. It looks like you've lost focus. Look, I want to talk about something remarkable that I just watched, Which and that was? was the play of LeBron James. He imposes will. And he's done it a few days in a row now. And I'm going to go out on a limb and say the inspired LeBron James is still the greatest player in the league and arguably top three of all time. When he's inspired. But the, the reason I'm going out on a limb is, is because you never know when he's going to be inspired and when he's not. It seems like something lit under him the past week or so that he just literally decided that he was going to impose his will or force the game on other people. On everybody else in the league. Yes. And, 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 and you can see that there's nothing that he can do about it. He, he just. Kawhi played some great one-on-one defense against uh-huh, him tonight. And he lost against him. And Giannis did the same thing. He just, he's unbelievable. He's a force of nature. Honestly, I felt like the reason that the Clippers lost the game was Doc Rivers today. I didn't actually think it was LeBron James. Clearly, I'm not never knocking LeBron James basketball game. But what I'm watching is, you know, I'm, I really thought the Clippers made the right move by getting Reggie Jackson. Because Reggie Jackson can go. And he showed it when he played tonight. One thing that's interesting, though, is it seems like the Clippers, because this is their first loss with their whole team playing. Yep. And one thing that was interesting was it was almost like Doc Rivers hadn't figured out the optimal lineups and he hadn't figured out exactly who needs what time because Paul George lit him up today. Right. Kawhi played well today. Mm-hmm. He well, was focused on getting Landry Shamit some minutes for some reason. But Landry always gets minutes. He so. shouldn't. And yeah, he should, though. He, he, he's, he, a, he's an excellent three-point shooter. And the problem is, is that what you're talking about, the mix and mesh of all the pieces. But there's only one ball still. And the problem is the the one two punch of both teams. They both score collectively fifty eight points. So this means that the complementary players have to step up. And the Clippers have better complementary players. It, and it, it matters this is, who you my point. Them. It's not who you. I mean, if you just add them up, I'm I'm saying yeah. I'm saying Lou Williams is now. I'm, I just I was just four rows back. I just watched the game. Lou, this is the first game that I've seen in maybe three years of going to the Staples Center and watching the Clippers play, where Lou Williams. Is not really a part of the game, right? I think and, he ended up that's, with six points. That's and he a problem. Just Seventeen or eighteen. That's a serious problem for them, because he's a big piece of their secret sauce. Well, the problem to me is that you get too many stars on one team. It's a problem. I, this is what I'm looking at, and this is what I think could be a situation that's going on with the Clippers. It's only one ball. They have a lot of talent. I mean, every Too position much. and every position's backup is a starter. You need complimentary and, players, and this is the thing. Now, Patrick Beverly. Is splitting minutes with Reggie Jackson, and honestly, I have to put in Reggie Jackson over Patrick Beverly. But Doc Rivers was trying to make sure that Pat Beverly was still in there doing the you know the hype up and the rabble rouser and blah 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 blah. I have to stick with Pat Beverly just because he's a grinder, a defensive player. And the Lakers have the same problem though because Reggie Reg- Reggie's a grinder. Reggie's a defensive player. and He's, he's more not, of an offensive threat. Not he's not a grinder because a because defensive player than Patrick part Beverly, though. Of, he's not a better defensive player, but he's a better offensive player. And but he's you a don't need complimentary player. You don't need offense though. You got you need a taller body because what I just saw what happened out there is that the Clippers went small for some reason, and so did the Lakers. Well, the Lakers, the Lakers went small. But what I'm saying is, is that the clip, the Lakers were able to then make plays happen based on the lack of size. It was harder for them to score when Reggie Jackson was on the court. That's that's all I'm saying. And then now they're trying to put in Morris, and Morris then in turn Morris. takes minutes from Montrez Harrell and Zubac. Well, not Montrez. He took it away from Zubac because I think um, uh, Montrez ended up with 34 minutes or something. Yeah, like Montrez that. played it, and he played a nice. He's, he's such an energy guy. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know. Has a free throw problem. 
As just like NBA, LeBron and everybody, as most NBA NBA players nowadays, which is just focus. Now, now here's the, here's the thing that I wanna that I wanted to, to cover though. LeBron James' game was spectacular. It was great to watch up close, and just like you said, he imposed his will. He makes the defense collapse on him, and he kicks out. When and not I, only that, when I kick out, that's on you to hit the shot, right? But most and of the time, he Bradley, kicks out to the right person. There's no doubt. And, and that's because when I came down, what I saw you? what was happening. Uh, Kawhi came and guarded me, and then Kuz came around. We had a back screen. We went left. We went right. I dipped in. I double teamed. I went down low. I picked out to AB. AB went around to AD. AD went around in the circle. He came back up. We threw the lob up to JaVale. JaVale kicked it back out to me. I saw the open man. Avery Bradley went up. He hit the three. Bang. <laughs> and that's what that's, that's, that's my LeBron James and, uh, basketball acumen <laughs> breakdown that he loves to give you after every game. And what did LeBron give you as far as points? The work. 27, 6, and 6. 20, 27, 9 and 6. 27, 9 and 6. He, he, he's what, a what, what did he give you? 90, 50, 40. He's a triple dub waiting to happen. But it's it's it was a trip because his points, though, his stat line is so much more imposing than Anthony Davis's stat line. I Even though Anthony, Anthony might score Davis, more points than him. I'm, you're watching the game, and if you've watched a lot of basketball, you recognize that there's you. each guy can put up 20 points, but one guy's 20 is way different than another guy's 20. Right. I'm watching Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis's game is all finesse. One of the reasons he's on the ground so much is because he wants to take charges all the damn time. But you're it worked, seven though. feet tall. But it worked, though. Yeah, he got, I don't know he, about that. He got three or four charges today. That's big. Yeah, but and he also picked up five fouls. But he didn't trying to out, get charges. But he didn't file out. Though. Now, now another thing that he did is he's so soft. How soft is he? He's so soft <laughs> that Paul George is guarding him, and he doesn't even post up Paul George. He wants no part of contact. And I don't know if anybody's going to be able to make him pay for that or not. I don't, but I don't really agree. It's just, bro. I, I, just, I just watched, I watched I watch forty-eight minutes I watched right in front of my I face. It. Because no, 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 no. Here, it's not. You know why? Because why on TV, you can't single in on one dude. I'm sure they have technology where you can, but I'm focusing on one guy who's seven feet tall who can have his way with everybody on the court. And when small guys are guarding him. They, he still won't post them up because he would rather shoot the three ball or or a jumper. But, but that's that's the NBA today, though. This, I agree. This is not on. I him. agree. This is how they play ball now. They, this is how they play ball. <laughs> you know, you drive to the rack. It's wide open. Instead of me taking the layup, even like James Harden did in the playoff games, I'm looking for the guy with the three. Sweet deal, though. <laughs> so sweet deal. <laughs> <laughs> but oh, you guys do the inside jokes. <laughs> but yeah, this is how they play the game now. You just got to get over yourself, dude. It's over. It's good. Ground to pound is over. Forget about it. It's just like the NFL. Well, the yes, NFL's no, a passing league because the I'm baseball's watching. A home run league. I'm watching Montrez Harrell still be effective with the pound. I'm watching Reggie Jackson still go to the rack. I'm watching Kawhi. I mean, you talk about impressive, man. This Kawhi Leonard character. I mean, guys are playing good defense on him, and he'll just, he was just—he's dropping shots in their eyes like it's nothing. And it was an off day for him. And it was an off day for him. PG lit it up, though. <laughs> what can you say? Oh my goodness! I just—I I think that the Clippers are going to run into this problem until they figure out and work on the ego effect, and that's going to be to Tyron Lue, Doc Rivers, and Sam Cassell. All of them are going to either have to go over tape or figure out what they're going to do because the way that they're trying to balance it out. Just plain simply doesn't work because of what you're saying. There's only one ball. Mm-hmm. And when you got a guy like Lou Williams out there who can score with anybody in the league who can't get the ball because he can't even get minutes now. Well, the problem is that the minutes shouldn't be a problem for him. Because, for Lou? Uh-huh, because he's a second-unit guy. The second now unit, the second unit is stacked. Yeah, well, and the second unit still could be stacked. Now the second unit could be stacked. <laughs> but he sh- it should be his. You know, it's not his it's anymore. It's not that way. He has yeah, to, he has to share too much, and he can come in and dominate the game without it being, you know, whatever. And it's a problem, though, because now there's one ball out there, and Lou Williams has to share with the second unit. And yes. It, and he's actually could be a starter. Anywhere in the league. Team. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But it's still, even if you had him as a starter, there's still only one ball. So then, oh, I agree. I agree. So then you have to go through what? It's going to be what What you got? Well, you, you, got Kawhi, <laughs> you got Kawhi, uh, PG. PG, and then Pat then Beverly. Lou. No, then Lou would be third, but still only one ball. And it, and you're right. The way that you distribute the rock has a big, big deal on how how the game, the outcome of the game. <laughs> it really does. Big deal. <laughs> Sweet deal. <laughs> <laughs> 
Ah, that silly pot. <laughs> yes, you know what? I agree. I just don't. I don't know what they're going to do. Like you agree to disagree. No, no, no. I agree with you, but I, I don't know what they're going to do because they <laughs> would get knocked they, out they would, in the playoffs. They would have a better. They had. It's almost like, and and there's still time to to fix it. But it's like they had a better team before they got all the pieces. Now everybody, they have all the pieces. Yeah, everybody goes too far with you know getting st- pieces, stacking these teams up. Just too I much. agree, it's I too agree. much. Like I, I said in the beginning of the year, there's only one ball. That even you know, even with the Houston Rockets, they have a problem with James Harden and Russell Westbrook. You don't want to call it that, but there's still only one ball, and you have two ball hogs. It's going to be a problem. Somebody needs to be well, Batman. It's, it's, it needs to be Batman and Robin, and there needs to be a when you have Shaq and Kobe. Like you were just saying earlier, if Shaq put up 30 points, his 30 points are completely different than what Kobe's going to put up. Shaq yeah. is going to take the whole other team out of the game with yes. his 30 points. And some injuries. And some injuries. Ta- now Kobe can put injuries. his 30 points on you and his 30 points just icing on the cake. That's it. Shaq That's baked it. the cake. Now we're going to let Kobe <laughs> glaze him up. Glaze and confused. Get you glazed and confused. Yeah, it's true. You know, so when PG and, uh, and Kawhi, you have to look at the, the way that LeBron, who was it, LeBron and... Um, AD Anthony, or Avery Bradley? And, and Anthony Davis. Because Avery Bradley was, Avery, was Avery Bradley the real put it on you, was but sub MVP today. Yeah, because you're talking about them nullifying each other with the one-two punches that both yeah. teams have. That's yeah. 58 and 58. But LeBron, I think, went to the line 14 times or something like that. 12 yeah. or 14 times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. big. 14, I think. Yeah, that's big. Yeah. And, and I don't know how many times Kawhi went, but it, it wasn't anywhere it near was, 14. It wasn't near 14. Yeah. And LeBron just decided that he was going to the rack today. He shot it. He noticed that the three yes. was off a little bit. He hit a couple of them, but then he just started driving and and then they collapse and then he kicks out yeah. and then guys were hitting the shots. That's the big key. If he can, if he draws Everybody so much attention, Danny Green. <laughs> man, Danny Green and then threw the ball to ref and all silly stuff. Danny Green's not a winner, man. I don't believe it. You don't believe? No. And I don't know if I believe in the Lakers. I believe in LeBron James. Oh, you got to believe in the Lakers. I mean, if you don't believe in them, they got what it takes. They got the secret sauce because the Clippers need the one seed to be able to come out. If, you think? I know. If the if the Clippers don't get the one seed, that means they got to get beat up all, by all those other teams that want to run and gun. And I see. I don't think that's the case. I think that's what that's what we're going to probably going to have a hard time against Houston again. Load management. Yeah. They're not going to have a hard time against Houston this go around. Unfortunately, they they just beat Houston by thirty five or something crazy like they pounded I know, Houston. I know. And your and your man Kawhi because Houston wanted to play the small game. Kawhi was relentless to the rack. There was like, no yeah, answer. Let's play it. Yeah, yeah. He's like, yeah, let's play it. There's and nobody PG definitely want to do it. Exactly. They, I, I don't think Houston's a factor. I think Denver could give them some problems potentially. Well, about Dallas. And all these are the teams that the Lakers probably aren't going to have to play. At least one of them. You know what I'm saying? Well, the Clippers come in at the two seed, and they're going to. So have you're a, playing. So you're playing the seven seed potentially. Then you're playing the what? The West be, is then tough. you're playing the five seed or the four seed, right? The West is tough. It'll be one would play eight, then one would play so four. Probably play Dallas. So two would play seven, and then six and seven probably. It's tough, tough, tough road, tough road ahead. And the Clippers have shown me in the past they did like to fall apart in the playoffs. Well, that's not these Clippers. You're talking about other but Clippers. But it's the same coach. <laughs> yeah, it's not these Clippers. It's the same coach. You haven't seen Kawhi that, Leonard fall apart ever that, But, but that, that this coach, that team that they have now, I feel like it's still not better than what they had in the past with, with Blake Griffin and oh, CP3. I, I do. This team now is stacked. It's full of all-stars. That team was stacked too. They, not full of, not like this. They've had. Not coming <laughs> I off know, guys. <laughs> I like this. I'm one of my fans. <laughs> Little sugar hill for you. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, he shot Sal up on the roof. <laughs> well, anyways, I just wanted to throw that little basketball tidbit in. But little alley-oop. Little, oh, I see what you did there, sweet deal. <laughs> but but uh, what I wanted to talk about is the world of boxing. Again? They got my boy. <laughs> you were laughing at him. He was messed Wait, up. What are you talking about? I wasn't laughing at him. Oh, okay, you have a heart. What is it? You were laughing. I was? Oh, yeah, okay. dude, what a jerk. Yeah, what a jerk. <laughs> okay, when we see him again, he got enough for you. <laughs> yeah, sweet deal. I don't know. He got enough for you I with that bum ankle, and you can't run. <laughs> he, took, he took a lot of punishment last night. Well, you know what he you saw. Into a fastball. What you saw was the accumulation as well of him taking punishment in all of his fights leading up to this, and I don't refusing even think that. to play defense yeah. ever. I don't he think never that. played defense. For for those Dude. who don't know. We're talking about Adam Kognowski, who the Polish fighter, the Polish heavyweight that fights out in Brooklyn all the time. And last night he fought a Finnish guy who was supposed to be known as the Nordic Nightmare. Which and, he was. And he was exactly that. The man came in about 6'7". Adam walked around like about 6'3". He did. He did. Adam, he made Adam look really small, really yeah, short. And bad. From the word go, this guy, one thing that this guy did that I've never seen anybody do to Kognowski, which is the same thing that Tyson Fury just did to Deontay Wilder, is he worked the body. 
The body. The body for a guy that's in shape pays dividends in the latter rounds. Yes. Hitting the body of guys who are not in shape pays dividends immediately. And he stuck him out. in the first round. He hit him with a big body shot. And made him stop in his face. And, and you've never seen that. Because no. Adam throws more punches than anybody and in. And lands more punches than any heavyweight in boxing. Any heavyweight in boxing. And unfortunately, he just signed and a big, fat, also, lucrative deal with PBC that now he has to go in a rebuilding phase and he won't get paid like that. Yeah. So unfortunate, too, because it drops him so far back oh, in his man. boxing career oh, man. at this point. It's just he and and he he just could not tighten up his defense for this guy. I know that he, he wanted, just refused and he wanted to get that guy out of you could tell that he wanted to get that guy. And he out hurt of him. him. But that guy is not the type of guy that he can get out of there like that. It takes an acclimation of punches for him to do yes. that. He can, he's not a one hitter quitter with that guy. That guy knows how to box a little bit. I don't yep. particularly like his style. I know he's, he he's right def- to get knocked out by the other prime by heavyweights. The, by the elite heavyweights. Not even elite. Yeah. He's not to get knocked out. Uh, Delian White has a lot of work for oh, him. Delian give me with them overhand rights that he like to throw in. Because he got hit a lot. Get on hit on top of the the, the head and get on him out of, out of there. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah. So Kognowski, if you didn't know, four rounds, four rounds, and actually the referee missed a knockdown, yeah. which actually hurt him. Yes, because what happened was in the fourth round, Adam comes out, he presses the issue immediately, he pushes the the Nordic Nightmare up into the corner, and when he pushes Hellenius in the corner, Hellenius turned him. He turned him and caught him with a jab. They were trading. And the man, the taller man with the leverage, came down on the smaller man, hit him, clipped him right on his chin. Hit him with the right with the hit him with the right on the chin. I thought. Yeah. He, he set him up with the jab. He set him up with the jab, and, and he boom. Two. But it was a it was so short, extra crispy that Adam f- falls, and the ref thought it was a slip. Yes. And that was part of him turning him. Uh huh. At which point, Adam actually would have may have made it out of the round if he would have allowed himself to recover from that. Instead, it was ruled a slip. He pops up and in silly heavyweight fashion decides to come get some more. Finish him. And that's when it went left. Let's let's play a little audio of you guys. If you guys didn't see it, look it up. You can find this on uh, Twitter on the PBC on Fox handle. Started all round power. We'll see if Elena oh. oh. Kovnatsky must rule the slip. Went down. I don't know. They were exchanging punches. Oh. Take another look at that. You were wondering, Joe, if he got hit and then went down. Yeah, yeah. uh-huh. Helenius puts Kovnatsky down. That's why I said he, he got hurt in that corner there. He's hurt now. His legs are real hurt. Wobbly, let me tell you. Big time. He's in deep trouble right now. Stunning turn of events. Helenius able to change the equation. Right hand oh. again. Kovnatsky is wobbled. Oh. Here comes Helenius. Nordic nightmare. Wailing on him. Kovnatsky. Kovnatsky rocks the ear, ear. Clean headshots. Oh, boy. Left and right. David oh. Fields taking a close look. Helenius pressing the advantage. Well, it's over. A shocker. He, Robert Helenius has stopped Adam Kovnatsky. And this is where your body betrays you because. Sure does. You can't, you can't recover super quick. Well, we've seen from elite boxers, elite tone chiseled guys. Their recovery like is incredible. Like you saw Deontay Wilder, like you saw uh, Anthony Joshua, where those guys go down and their body just tells them to get up and they can do it. But with yeah. him, he was glazed. And even with Deontay Wilder was in the tr- in trouble in the corner against you know uh, Fury, he still could react. This guy really, yes. really couldn't react like that. No, nah, Adam couldn't get it back together, and he definitely was concussed. And you gave him a concussion, huh? You put him in protocol. I, I would think. I would think the way that he got hit on the back of his head, he got his head jostled a that lot. Ear shot was the worst. Oh my goodness! And and you but know, it, but it was like uh, we were talking about off mic is that Jack Reese spoke about that. I saw him speak about it. Jack Reese, the referee, uh huh. And he said that you know when a guy gets knocked down, the difference is if he reacts and starts throwing punches off of muscle memory, then he knows that that guy is really out of it because. Professional fighters know how to tie up or to, you know. When you get hurt, uh-huh, you tie you get, up or yes, you dance. Yes, or you dance. Or you do something to cut the distance or to kill time so that you can get yourself back together. And what your man did was basically start throwing punches and trying to throw And punches. moving forward. And moving forward. Taking he moved more into the punishment, at which point he allowed himself to, Hellenius, he helped Hellenius knock him out. He sure did. And, it's and a, Hellenius even spoke about that a little bit afterwards. Yeah, know? yeah. And, and one thing uh, that... I spoke about some people on Twitter is Adam never worked his way inside to the bigger man. 
he actually used his face to come in and right. get punished. When you're the smaller individual, if the guy boxes tall, you're going to have to take some punishment to get inside. You know that. Unless you have superior movement yeah, like, that where you can make him miss and right. still get like inside. Mike, Mike Tyson used like to do. Like a Mike Tyson used to do, where you have superior, superior athleticism and uh, power. Mm-hmm. Great bobbing and weaving. Yeah. And in this situation, Adam literally just walked directly in Without to this guy's head power. Movement. Without any lateral movement and just took punches and, and punches. And the three rounds before mattered. Everybody, I was going back and forth with people. People were like, no, those body shots didn't. That was a couple rounds ago. That's how it works. That's, that's how it works. You loading up. Load management. It's a load management, and it takes your legs. That's what the body shots do. And they especially take your legs when you aren't in shape on the upper body. Or your kidneys. Liver. Organ. Swell up. That's swell Ken up. Norton. Yes. And we saw that happen to him last night, except that he's not in good shape. So... I'm not going to say that he's not in. He's not I know in, what you're saying. Uh-huh. He's not in optimal boxer yes. shape. Yes, and we've then, seen a lot of successful boxers in the past 12 months that don't look like the, your prototypical champion, but they've been able to get it done right. via hand speed or mm-hmm. skill or blah blah blah. But when you get in there with somebody who knows how to fight a little bit and they can hurt you and see recognize that you're hurt, they can finish you off. Yeah, and that's something that that's something that Helenius did well. Yes, but he's to me he he throws he doesn't sit down on his punches. No, he's, he's going to get knocked out. He's going to get knocked out. He doesn't have any movement. His head is straight. His head is straight. When straight. he's moving back, his head is straight. Yes, and, and that's he, not and a he good look. Punches in the air like off of his feet. Yeah, leaping a little mm-hmm. bit. Yeah, I uh, broke leaping my heart. Lizards. Yeah, broke my heart. I met the homie too. Yeah, I met the homie out in uh, Vegas, out in Vegas at the Ortiz Wilder rematch. Gave love and uh, showed love. Gave love. Really nice guy. Great guy. Mm-hmm. And uh, I hate that. I uh, know, especially with his girl there. Yeah, his wife was watching. Everybody there was for him. Yes. The whole he sells out the Barclays, and that's why he keeps fighting there because the Polish community comes to back him up. Right. And it went the wrong way this time. The Nordic Nightmare showed up. Did. Man. Speaking of which, the Nigerian Nightmare fought before him. Effie Ajaba. And you know what? I'm seeing all of the kudos and praise for Effie. I actually didn't think Effie looked that good last night. I like what he was doing as far as with the jab. But other than that, I really don't. Because I couldn't get to the fight in the beginning of the fight like I told you. But I had asked you, you know, what did he look like as far as the lateral movement and his head movement. He still gets hit too much. And he can't afford to get hit by the, the upper echelon of fighters because they'll take him out. And he, what he did do well last night was jab. Yeah, and the jab looked really nice. Crispy jab. I like that, especially from a guy who has thump, but he just has to learn how. He, he's got to get his defense together. Yeah. Yeah, 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 If yeah, he doesn't yeah. get his defense together, he's going to end up with his back on, the, you know, looking up at the lights. Which is why it was impressive when that other fella put him down, he got up and knocked him out in the last fight, Yago. Yeah. Put a dent in his head. Did. We saw that dent first up front. Man, he's a thumper. Woo. He hit this guy so hard last night. He did, and this dude wanted to mix it up with him. He did. And he mixed it up with him. but this And he paid the price. Effie hits too hard for you to stand in there and take punishment like that. Yeah. And Effie's not sitting down on his punches either, though. No, last night he wasn't. No. In previous in past, fights, I've had, seen him sit had. down. Last night. Like he was working on something last night. He did, right? Yeah. Because he was actually, it seemed like he was going through his paces. Uh-huh. He was a little bit slower than normal. And it looked like he wanted to get some rounds in. Yeah. And I think that's the thing that, and that guy Wilder would have got a lot from of it, punches, too. Yes, punishment. he sure did. And I wouldn't recommend that for anybody. No. I, I feel like the ref let him down. That guy, mm-hmm. he kept telling him, "I got to see something. I got to see something." And then the guy, and the would, guy would, he would, and the he guy would plead with him to let him go, and he would do a little something. I think that's his trainer, Henry Tillman, more so than the than the ref, because the ref eventually, when he when he went down in the tent, that was Henry that. Tillman used to take a lot of punishment himself, and that's why he may not be the guy that you want looking <laughs> out for you <laughs> taking punishment. Somebody told me he wants to train you. So I'm good. <laughs> I'm not looking for any work right now. <laughs> I'm all right. You don't want no smoke? Oh, none. No, well, no smoke, child. <laughs> Uh yeah, so that was that was what was popping there. And last weekend we had fights we didn't get to cover for you guys, which were beautiful. Last weekend, in a rousing return, Chocolatito showed up. And Roman Gonzalez, aka Chocolatito, which not enough casual boxing fans actually recognize as the fighter of the decade, because in real life, from 2010 to like 2016, 17. Nobody on the planet was better than Chocolatito. Right. He was really the number one pound for pound guy. I mean, battle after battle after battle. Nobody had output like him. Nobody had heart and chin like him. He and thump for a little he, man. He just ran through his division. Well, he ran into the Thai homie, as we affectionately call Sorcery Rungzai. And Sorcery Sked Rungzai. But the Thai homie has since disappeared. 
and Chocolatito came back. I was actually concerned for Chocolatito because I thought I thought that was it. I thought he'd had too much. He had been concussed several times. Yes, and uh, by the tie homie. By the tie homie. And what ended up happening was he fought Kalyafai for the belt, and it was still at that one fifteen. And uh, I thought that was just too big because he didn't seem as effective after he left one. Was it one twelve to go at? And uh, man, oh man, did you get to watch that fight? Yeah, I watched it. Oh man, I just wonder what the motivation is. For Calify to stand toe to toe, yeah, and all these guys though, after they make so much money to stand in there and take that kind of punishment, you know what I'm saying? Because even with Chocolatito, yes, Chocolatito, all of the all of the big fighters, they literally, you know, it takes a lot, meaning that they need to get more respect for what they do because it takes a lot for them to be millionaires and stuff nowadays. Yes, and get out there and still take that kind of punishment because they literally take punishment. Their lives are on the line every time you step in that ring. Yes. And we watched the guys last night, the guy that fought F.A. and everything else. There's a life after boxing. Come on, man. And there's no security. That guy lives in Burbank. Yes. And they said he's he's he learned how to speak English by watching the Discovery Channel with his daughter. Now, how long is it going to take his him for, to recover from this? That's going to take a long time because yeah. he got thumped on by a big guy. Yeah. Man. Yeah. Well, Chocolatito put it on, Cal. I don't know why Cal decided and Cal's a homie I don't know why he decided to, to trade mix it up. Yeah. yeah where he should have boxed and Chocolatito if you watch that fight that fight is a microcosm of showing you everything that's great about Chocolatito mm-hmm. because he had a game plan he adjusted in the ring when the man decided to go with the, his what would be his preferred game plan because mm-hmm. Cal is bigger and taller but he decided to fight in the pocket for some reason which you don't want to do with a fighter like that Chocolatito took his best and gave way more than he got and just wore him down until he knocked him out. And then he gave you classic Chocolatito and was a classy man from Managua, Nicaragua, and decided to God to bless the, the crowd. Yeah. He, such, such a, a nice, nice guy. Such a nice guy. And you watch it, you can see the evolution of him, you know, even as, in his body. Yeah. He looks different. Yeah, he does look different now. And he fights a little bit different, but not way out there, you know. And they're talking about him running it back with uh, Juan Marco Estrada now because Estrada beat the tie, homie, and he's been sitting on that belt. He beat the tie, homie, but, you know. It wasn't the same tie, homie. Yeah, it wasn't the same tie. tie, homie, had some problems with the house. There was yeah. some domestic issues going on, which seemed to have derailed his career. Yes. But, uh, yeah, yeah, they're talking. Maybe maybe Tom uh, is going to throw it together. Maybe Tom Laughlin will throw together another Superfly event. See, why not? Yeah, to be nice. People want to see Chocolatito. And the headliner on that card was Mikey Garcia versus Jesse Vargas. And this is a fight that I want to speak about because, you know, Jesse looked great in the first four rounds. Yeah. He really, really looked good. And he was somebody that got caught up mixing it up. Yeah, he was imposing his will. Mm-hmm. He was popping the jab. Mikey shorter than him and smaller than him. So there like was, he stunned him a couple of times. He did. He said his tasers to stun. <laughs> he said no tasers to stun. <laughs> and then he and then he come fourth round. He decided he wanted to try to mix it up with Mikey. And Mikey caught him, and he never recovered. He never recovered. Although he he popped Mikey at the end of the fight. He sure did. And Mikey looked like he was hurt. If they could have got another extra three or four minutes, but yeah. But this is the problem, though. It wasn't any time left. And it took him. He was on wobbly legs ever since he got hurt in like what the round four or five. I think round five he got hurt and, and he never he got just it back together. Never could get his legs back together. And but that's the testament to the beauty of Mikey Garcia. Mm-hmm. Now, unlike Deontay Wilder, Mikey Garcia took a year off after catching a beating. Mm-hmm. And it is not even that he was a, an inferior boxer to the man who gave him a beating, like say Deontay is. He actually is just outsized. Right. So in this case, he takes the time. He came back. Honestly, I texted some people who were at the fight and was like, man, is it Upset City down there in Texas? Because the first four rounds were all Jesse. It sure was. And if he could have got Mikey down, he probably would have won that fight. Yeah. Yeah. But this is the testament. Mikey, I mean, Mikey was at the top of my – he was in the top three of my pound-for-pound pound list. He's a complete fighter. He's, He's got it all. It's great to watch. He's got great balance. He Crazy sit balance. Down on, sits down on all of his punches, you know, not like most of the fighters who will sit down on maybe – 40, 50 percent. If that. Behind, he pops his jab. Uh, he does everything above average. Great defense. Great defense. He, the only thing he can't do above average, in my opinion, is sit there at 147. And I really think that Mikey should go down. I know the money is at 47, mm-hmm. but we're going to watch him fight at 47. Now they're talking about him fighting Manny Pacquiao, which probably is the safest fight for him at 47. Or not. 
or not. Because Manny hasn't fought in a long time either. And Which Manny, is what you need the older you get. Yeah, and Manny understands that. And so he's just picking his fighters now, and he said he's ready to go. I mean, so you might run into Manny that – You're always going to run into a tough, a tough night. Manny fades at the end, but it seems that he always gets you off your feet early. Gets you off your feet yeah. with some tricks, with some veteran moves. Yeah, and he has still has thump. And I, it'll be the first time that Mikey ever fights a guy like him. With, yeah, he has thump in both hands. It'll be the first time. Anytime you step in there with Manny, it's the first time you ever fight a guy like him. Because you know there's only one guy like because him. there's only been one guy like him. <laughs> yeah. Just elusive with power in both hands that can take punches, can give punches. He's all He's over. Still got place. a crazy chin. Got a crazy chin, crazy speed. He's a problem. Even at the age of 43? Yeah. I think 42. I think me and Manny are the same age. 42. I think he's 42. Uh, yeah, man. I don't know. But it, it's still a better look than Crawford or Porter or Kell yeah. Brook or any of the other guys of 47. And he said that he wants to run it back with Spence, and he doesn't really want to do that. If he fought Errol Spence again, Errol Spence again, I feel like he would get stopped. This I time. wouldn't doubt it. Yeah, and I feel like he's above his head really right now. I feel like he should, you know, try to pick a fight with Lomachenko. Yeah, but Bob Arum, and you saw Bob Arum walk out of that interview. Yeah. Bob Arum just he just it seems to have a real serious bone to pick with Mikey Garcia. His whole family. Yeah, the whole family. You know, he was the one that was that held up his career. Yeah. Helped him out of boxing for like two or three years behind uh-huh. the contract dispute. Which has turned out to be a blessing. I, I don't know. Maybe. Long term. Yeah. I mean, Mikey's getting paid now to fight on... You know, he's getting paid to fight on the zone. And that's what Bob Arum is saying is I know how much money there is to be made in a fight and I can't meet his purse and still make money. So I have no interest in matching him up against my guys. You don't know how much of that is true versus how much of that is sour grapes. Could be a little whiskey and wine in there. (laughs) (laughs) Cisco kid. (laughs) It could be a friend of Bob's. Yeah, man. Uh, You know what? I wanted to play something else. Actually, when I was speaking about basketball, it's something that I thought was – we're going back to basketball. Just real quick, real quick. And I just I was so surprised by this, but this is the world of the NBA that we live in now. Draymond Green speaking about the criticism on TNT. Obviously guys like Barkley, but beyond that. No, Barkley should stop before I go take his job though. So I can do that well too. He already didn't make enough money playing, so he need that job. He should stop talking to me. I like to you know tendency to end people so he should stop before i take his job absolutely if he keep talking uh you know i'll take it soon sooner than he thinks so yeah he probably should be quiet he also can't talk basketball with me either not smart enough not qualified no rings can't sit at this table I just don't even know what to say. Draymond Green, Studio Gangster Strikes Again. Wow. That's Golden State Girl, your boy. <laughs> it's just unbelievable to me because I actually like Draymond as a player and what they were able to do to establish that team. But, but now, if you were able to plug and play MVP prime Charles Barkley, Charles Barkley would give Draymond Green so much work. But now he'd give Draymond 40 What did Charles Barkley say about him to I'm not exactly sure. this kind of behavior from Draymond? <laughs> this is, this is a good Draymond point. Player. Uh, this, is a, this is a good point. This I mean, Charles Barkley, I don't feel like, would fit in today's NBA, just like Draymond Green wouldn't fit in yesterday's uh, NBA. Draymond, Dr- hey, Charles, Draymond, Charles would be easier to play here than the other way around. I don't think so. I do, because Charles could shoot. And so that since now it's all yeah, about Charles shooting. Charles could shoot, but Charles doesn't want to shoot. He wants to play on the inside. This no, game is watered down. Where no, they no, Charles still remember if you remember when he went to Phoenix, he wanted to pound you when he was in Philly. When he went to Phoenix and afterwards, he, he started still, to adapt to the jumpers. He adapted to the jumpers, but I just don't feel like neither one of them could fit in. In I don't feel like they could cross in any. Charles era. Barkley's game, I I agree. Translates I don't, all the time. He got work. He. Man, kids, my biggest problem with it. You have any time? Go watch some Charles Barkley. I highlights. would say that you you definitely because he is also above the rim. Well, you definitely, but so is Draymond. But you definitely would want Charles Barkley if you're going to play the fundamental style of basketball. But if you're going to play today's style of bas- basketball, you would have to stick with Draymond because this is what they do. This is you can't get over the game has changed now. Nobody is interested in post play. We want to run. I'm down not and, saying that. But, but if you watch Draymond's game now, 
Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know what the crit. I need to do the backstory because I don't know what the criticism was. Mm-hmm. But if you watch Draymond's game now, Draymond's game, especially since Kevin Durant showed up, hasn't been spectacular. Draymond is as known for kicking people in the nuts as he is for anything else. Charles Barkley was dirty too. He wasn't kicking, running around, kicking cats. He in was the nuts. spitting on people and all he that. Was kind of hand. <laughs> he was he out of hand. He was out of hand. He was spitting on the fans. Yeah, that's too he far. Was out of control. That's way too far. Charles was out of control. Those are the people who pay your bills. I, yeah, and at, for hey. Draymond, he didn't make enough. Draymond had to d- d- diss his pockets. <laughs> but the thing of it is that, like I said, I don't feel like they can mix and match in either one of the, their eras because Charles is a meaner player. He definitely was a mean Draymond guy. is a meaner player and a dirty player, too. Well, he's a, he's, he's but this Draymond would be coming of, off the mean. bench. Yeah, he couldn't start. Because and, and, he's not a big man. And he's they're a, not just going to look for people to shoot threes and stuff like that. Draymond's a grimy player, though. He, he liked, And he's a, make, in the middle of today's era and yesteryear's era. But I would rather take if it was me and we were going to play fundamental basketball. I'm definitely going to go with Charles Barkley. Clearly, you watch the games. Yeah, you know what time. But it is. but I'm not because I'm not interested in this style of basketball now. Because neither am I. Because That's why I, this is the first game that I've been to all year. I went to a game. It's like I want to get into it. I picked the game that I thought the best two teams were playing. You know, and uh, in that it's funny that you say that because in that I don't really want to watch. Like, like I, it's I don't theater pretty much it, right it's now. Theater. And so we're That's waiting exactly to get it. to the playoffs, and then I can start saying, oh, well, this is that, and, you know, put plugging and play in teams. Right now, I, it's hard to take them serious because nobody plays defense. The game is all about three-pointers, no post game. Andre Drummond and uh, who? Joel Embiid and Joel Embiid shoots a lot of threes. Shoots a lot of threes. But Andre Drummond. Now Boogie's out the game, so yeah. Boogie's not there to, to, to pound down low anymore. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I agree with you, dude. Yeah, and so when they start chirping at each other, it's just, you know, just respecting each other as, you know, peers is should be enough. And not only that, everybody's skin is so thin thin nowadays. You can't say anything. You know, Barry Bonds now, I was reading about him talking about that if he would have cha- could have changed anything, it would have changed the way that he treated the, the press. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Wow. Since the writers now are in control of his destiny as far as getting in the Hall of Fame. Which is ridiculous. Which is ridiculous in itself because you're supposed to go by what's between the lines, not, you know, what the lines the lines that they're writing about you. <laughs> that doesn't really make any difference at this right. point. But, you know, Charles Barkley should be able to say whatever he, ha- he has an opinion. Well, and he's being paid for his opinion. And he's being paid for his opinion. That's what he. That's what it's and for. And Draymond doesn't want to be, you know, critiqued. Yeah. But By Charles, apparently. Yes, and but because he doesn't have any rings, and I, I can't say that not having a ring is overblown. But yeah, but it is. It is. It does carry a crazy amount of weight because you put that Warriors team in that same era NBA span of Michael Jordan, Magic Johnson, Isaiah Thomas. Tim Duncan, Hakeem Olajuwon, and they won't have any rings. No. And not only that, the money was different then as well. Yeah. Draymond wouldn't get a $140 million deal, $200 million deal right. and without at, Charles Barkley and his deal that he had at playing for $4 million a year, whatever it was. Right, because these guys now are in control making decisions about where they're going to play. About the league? Yeah, and about the league and everything else. Back then, they didn't have that kind of, you know. Power. No. Now they're actually like owners in the product. And I honestly, Draymond should be thankful for a guy like Charles Barkley who paves the way for his style of play. Kids thin skin can't take that. Can't, can't take the high road. Can't. What's even, what's but also, we. But you brought up a good point. Now we don't know what Charles said. Charles might have bugged it out. Charles yeah. has a tendency Charles to bug it out. Has a tendency to bug it out. I need to know what he said. He might have said something out of bounds. Might have said something out of bounds. <laughs> <laughs> now that Draymond need to go ahead and vote for Trump. <laughs> you out of bounds. <laughs> yeah, you never know what what he might say. Uh, moving on into the world, what do you got? We were going back to boxing. I thought we jumped back to basketball. We you just had to drop that clip in on them. Oh no, no, no! I didn't know we we, what, we had to speak about Tay Tay taking that rematch. Oh my bad! I'm gonna say I'm off my game. Yeah, now, now, now you can get off your game. <laughs> yeah, that, that's that was that's a that's a piece of boxing. That's you know what I I blocked that out because I didn't want to hear about it. I'm sorry, he's here. Ladies and gentlemen, Deontay Wilder has says exercise his rematch clause, and apparently he's going to fight on July 18th. In Las Vegas against Tyson Fury for a third time. Can you Ooh. answer why? <laughs> why, child? Oh, why? I don't know why. Uh, so what the rumor, what the word on the curb is, he he put Mark Breland back on the team. He's going on safari to think about things, and then he's going to come back and hit the camp. What the word on the curb is is that he just wants to cash out and get it over with. I wouldn't be surprised if Bomb Squad made another appearance on the Ozone before the fight. He's more than welcome to chime in. 
Uh, I would love to hear from the champ. I just don't feel like after watching that fight that he should fight anybody for at least eight months, six, eight months. I think a year, but that was a beating. And I don't know what you do inside of four months. I don't think there's enough time inside of four months to do what you need to do. To heal and then to train properly. To heal, to train properly, and then to learn. Yes, but that's a part of the and, training and process. And then to implement what you've learned into the highest level fight. Especially at his, at his age, you know? So it's a problem. I feel like I, I'm like you. When we spoke to the doctor about him as well, although we don't you know, know actually the damage that he took. Yeah. But the doctor said that he shouldn't fight for at least six months yeah. to a year. Yeah. I uh-huh. mean, his eardrum was busted. They say it wasn't, but they say that it wasn't. I believe they say I he to, wasn't. They say he I, wasn't concussed. They I, say I, his I eardrum was not I busted. That somebody's lying to us because they yeah. want to get Deontay back in there. To this get sounds paid. a lot like the CDC trying to say Trump has the coronavirus under control. Right. Over under. <laughs> I say when the tests finally come out, there's more than twenty five thousand confirmed cases of coronavirus. In the United States. Could In the be, United States. Yeah, it could be more than that. Well, that's what I'm saying. Over. You take the over under. I'll take the over. Wow. Yeah. Because there's way too many people that have already been sick in this past season of the flu. Right. And the younger people don't get sick like the older people with yeah. the, or the people who are most but susceptible. There's, but there's younger people who we've known that have gotten sick yes. that have really been broken down like a next level flu. And we're wondering, what's going on with this dude? Exactly. Yeah. And it could have been my corona. Boom, 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 I haven't had one in years, but still. I, I have. Wanna, I'm, I'm full with Corona Light. I don't want to put them out of business because there's, there's a virus <laughs> that they gave me. That has I nothing, mean, to, do has nothing to do with the virus, man. America. America. We call them the shallows. We love that. We are. <laughs> I'm off the deep <laughs> We call them the shallows. Uh, yeah, man. So this Major League Baseball season's about to start. Jump for joy. Yep. And, I mean, this Astros-Dodgers talk is not going anywhere. Guys, it's time to start playing the game. Right. And not only They that, cheated. It's over. They got a ring. <laughs> you guys need to get prepared to play. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure that somebody celebrated Justin Verlander came out the game today. Yeah, I saw that. With that injury. And they said Dusty Baker's going to speak. Said he's going to speak on it later at a later date. Yeah. And if you don't get your innings in and your workload together right now, then you're going to be out probably for at least a month. Yeah. Just to get, you know, pitch some minor league games. <clears throat> Jeez, especially if you're on the Yankees. Uh, and, yeah. I mean, baseball's about to start, and I'm, I'll be glad when MLB and the Players Association comes up with a new CBA because the CBA is terrible. I'm watching Jack Flaherty. Uh, the Cardinals renew Jack Flaherty's 600000 Uh Yeah, r- reportedly uh, penalizing the A's for $10,000, although he got a $10,000 bonus, I do believe, for making the All-Star game. But they, they're lowballing these players, and then they want the players to give them some kind of loyalty on the back end. Why would they do that? Why would they do Look at Garrett Cole. Yeah. The Pirates could have had Garrett Cole and kept Garrett Cole. Yes. And they refused to pay him anywhere near decent. Not even We're not even talking about crazy money. He was making 553. Then like, he wanted 700 after pitching 200 innings with 200 strikeouts for the past couple seasons. And then you go to the arbitration and they'll run you down. Which messed up his mind for a season or so. Just like Dealing Batances. Well, yeah. I mean. Who I expect to be dominant yeah. in New York. So why don't they just give these guys, you don't have to go off the menu. No, you don't have to. It doesn't have fair. to be crazy. Just give them something fair. Yeah. But but then don't ask for loyalty after you burnt me. Have to do it. They love that. Yeah. Very similar thing happens in the movie business. Yeah. They love I, that. It seems like it's just running across the board in general, yeah, it's right? just bad business. Yeah, it's just bad business. You're taking advantage of these guys where they can actually... Taking advantage what? of what? the underprivileged father. <laughs> Too long living in bondage. Taking advantage of the situation. They are. <laughs> They're taking advantage of the situation. And now they got these young players now that you want to have some kind of loyalty to the city and to the team. And you make them look like bad guys later on when they don't go along with, with, the, you know, with the weak contract that you throw at them. Well, he didn't want to play here. No, that's not the case. You love to play here. <laughs> Jack Flaherty was one of the best pitchers in all of baseball last year. Sure was. And you're not even giving him a million bucks. Now, we're throwing around a million bucks like it's not nothing. But it's all relative. Yes. Relative to what other guys get paid. Right. And you're taking advantage of him right now, speculating that you won't resign him for your team in the future. 
Come on, man. Which hurts the city and the team. Hurts the team. And all the baseball fans. So not right. Um, yeah. Well, it's go time, though. Very excited about it. It's also time for the Indian Wells Tournament in tennis. Uh, but we're going to see what gets affected by this coronavirus. Yeah, and the storm that's coming out right now. And the storm that's coming out. They said that, uh, I just read something right before we came in, that the country of France has banned any public indoor gatherings of more than 1,000 people. Wow. And when they asked LeBron James how he would feel about playing in an empty arena. <laughs> he gave it to him. He said he's not doing it. Yo, you guys work that out. <laughs> you guys can do that if you want to, but I'm not playing. I'll play for the fans. I'm not playing for the Phil Florin Field. That's what he said. That's what he said. All right, John, you got something else? That's covering it, uh, you know, nice little pants right there. I mean, yeah. Christian Yelich signed a, a nine-year oh, yeah. extension. And and Ryan Braun actually came out and said something great. He said, obviously, I'm not making it into the Hall of Fame, and I think Christian could be the next brewer to make it into the Hall. Just being honest. You're keeping it 100. He knows that, you know, he's got the deck stacked against him. Yeah, well, and he participated in deck stacking. Yeah, he did it to himself. Yeah. Played with a loaded gun, dude. <laughs> and finally... Sitting in the world of Major League Baseball, Terry's favorite all-time player, Alex Rodriguez, had something to say about the Houston Astros. He's got some nerve. You got the, you got the audio? Would you like to hear the clip? We, yeah. can, we can pull up the clip, John. I thought you had the clip. This is disgusting. That's far. And I can just tell you this, Matty, from, from a guy who has made, you know, as many mistakes as anybody on the biggest stage, I served the longest suspension in Major League Baseball history. You know, it cost me well over $35 million. And you know what? I deserved that. And as a result, I came back. I owned it after acting like a buffoon for a long time. I had my apologies. And then I went dark. And I wanted my next move to be contrite. But I also wanted to go out and play good baseball and change my narrative. And the way you change your narrative is you have to be accountable. You've, you've earned all this negative talk. You've earned whatever comes your way, including whether it's hit by a pitch or negative press. You have divorced yourself from having the ability to protect yourself. This dude is the ultimate in hypocrite. He's just up there, <laughs> he's up there with Donald Trump. When did Alex Rodriguez show us any remorse for what he had done to, to baseball, not just to the Yankees? He's never shown remorse for what he did to the game of baseball. Yes, and, and he's sitting around now being the judge, being the ultimate judge to, about the Astros and their cheating scandal. The Astros are completely and totally wrong. A-Rod was completely and totally wrong and has never apologized, and he's complaining because he lost $35 million. Honestly, they should have blackballed you out the sport. Alex Rodriguez had the nerve to say he lost $35 million because of his acting like a buffoon for a long time. That's the only piece of the the, the, the part that I agree with of what he said, is that he acted like a buffoon for a yes. long time. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. But in real life, for those of us who are old enough to remember Alex Rodriguez lying over and over and throwing journalists under the bus, throwing that Sports Illustrated journalist under the bus, stealing the money from the Yankees and handicapping them from being able to sign the people they needed to sign. In real life, Alex Rodriguez has made more money directly off of baseball, off of Major League Baseball, than any player in history. Over $500 million. You can argue that that $35 million is pennies to pay in comparison to the half of a billion dollars that he made and stole from Major League Baseball. Because in all actuality, I don't know if Alex Rodriguez ever played clean. He could Hello. have been juicing since he got to the league. Hello. To get to the league, he probably juiced. And he's going to act like one Apology that he may have made then makes up for damaging the beautiful game of baseball. A handwritten apology. After they had to push him out because the Yankees decided, unbelievable, the Yankees were doing everything they can. And if you remember, that year was the year that they got ahead of schedule, the year that they moved him into his uh -huh. consulting 
uh, that was, I think that was 17, as a matter of fact. Because he wouldn't sit down. Because he wouldn't sit down, and his contract was so heavy, that's how they brought up Aaron Judge. That's how they brought up all these guys. Exactly. They did whatever that buyout or whatever it was mm-hmm. that they had to do to get him off of the field. That's how Andrew Hart came up mm-hmm. and, and actually started balling. And another piece of the hypocrisy that's just mind-blowing, he's talking about this. Yo, A-Rod, I didn't see you turn in your ring in 2009 when you were juicing, when you carried the Yankees offensively. The one time in your entire life that you've ever been clutch, ever. Juicing. Juicing. And he's standing over the Astros talking about them getting signs. And this dude is literally on performance-enhancing drugs. In the World Series... Alex Rodriguez is an announcer who sits in the first chair in front of Big Poppy and Frank Thomas. Frank Thomas is one of the greatest hitters of all time. He's right. one of the greatest baseball players of all time. And you never called Frank on nothing but the big man. He just called him on steak and potatoes. Yeah. Because he's big as a house and had crazy hands just and like crazy leather. And Come just- on, man. And this guy putting out this bogus, I, I've served the longest suspension in the history of the league for PED, PED use. So what? You should have been you, banned. Yeah. <laughs> you should have been banned from the league. If, I, now, I would, love, I would now, love to do a poll no, but to now, see who people really think should has uh, is a worst black eye to the game, Pete Rose or Alex Rodriguez. Right. There is no way that you can think Pete Rose did worse to the game than Alex Rodriguez. I, it bothers me because this guy is on ESPN and every every other place that I give him a mic and and bash these other players after w- what he's done to the league and to the game of baseball. And you can argue they're just following his example, exactly. Because ultimately, what Alex Rodriguez what blah, 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 what Alex Rodriguez did ultimately is exactly what we've been talking about as a theme on the pod for like the last six months or so, which is he has benefited and they incentivized his cheating. Yes, because once the Yankees caught him. Cheating, well, not the Yankees, but the league caught him cheating. The Yankees should have snatched that contract. They had the option to void his contract. They had that option, and they let him breathe. But instead, they wanted his 45 bombs, Mm -hmm. his 50 bombs. And I think that they thought that he might do the right thing at the end of his contract, but he's so greedy that he was not going to let that go. And even uh, nudged out his agent so that he negotiated that extension for 275. Come on, man. Alex Rodriguez put up some of the most gaudy video game unreal numbers in the history of baseball. It's just not right. I don't like the fact of him being a hypocrite and wants to stand on his his high horse or his podium and it's look just down unbelievable. On, on all these other guys. It's unbelievable. Talking about and I, I just I, it just goes to show where we are because I see people on Twitter saying, "Yeah, look, man, Alex Rodriguez second act is pretty awesome. I mean, it's pretty cool how he's he really has he's really rebuilt himself." Rebuilding this, himself. The, the, this dude just said he went black. He went. He went. He, he went, went dark. He went dark. He went zero dark thirty. Yeah. He turned off the lights. And the system. So then you can forget about and, it. And, and that's, then all, that's all that happened. And then this people. is a total rebuild. And then if you guys are casual fans, you don't remember how he how much of misbehaving that he was doing as far as his contract goes. Yes. Unbelievable. And how many times he lied in over and over and over again, running down. I, he cost people their jobs. Yes. People who don't make $100 million a year. And did he throw him a bone? Never. Did he get his ring back? Handwritten apology. That's what he got. Yes. Did he ever apologize to the public? <laughs> Never. Ever. Besides his handwritten notes. Don't that, even apologize to the public. That his publicist probably sat there and said, okay, now say this and say that. How about this? Don't even apologize to the public for PEDs. Apologize to the public for anybody who ever rooted for you because you were never clutch, you bum. Woohoo. Alex Rodriguez, who I watched, who I spent money on to watch the Yankees play, who had struck out 16 straight at-bats in the playoffs until the bases were drunk, and then he decided to ground into a double play. I've never seen a more disgusted look in my life than the way Derek Jeter looked at him on coming off the field that day. Because Derek Jeter's the one that got doubled up, and they had the chance to come back on the Yankees, right. I mean, on, the, on the Angels that time. That's when, that's when Randy Johnson came out and dealt. And this is a, a problem, problem for the Yankee fans. The Yankee fans seems like they've forgiven him. And I'm not saying that you can't forgive him. The thing of it is that you have, he has to ask for forgiveness and be sincere in asking for forgiveness, not just saying, hey. Oh, he, it's all has been forgiven. I, it's unbelievable to me because you and me are in the minority about this. Oh, yeah. I'm, I don't think so. It just looks like it because we're the only ones who speak out about it. Yeah. I don't think that is right. Well, I can tell you, I've had quite a few Major League Baseball players reach out to me that listen to the pod that will say, yeah, man, this is, you, I'm all the way with you. Yeah. And then, you know, they can't, they won't go on record and say it, but this is just unbelievable. 
And I wonder if he's going to make it into the Hall of Fame. Eventually, because that's the way the world works. Yeah, well, they're doing Barry Bonds like that, so they're, they're blackballing him right now. Let's see if they're going to do it to Alex Rodriguez. If anybody deserves it, it deserves it, it's him. If we were going to take one juicer that deserves to get into the hall, if we're going to celebrate people who use the juice, you have to celebrate the greatest juicer of all time. Exactly. Because when Barry Bonds was on the juice, he was the best baseball player in the world, bar none. But it seems like something with the juice that makes you not clutch. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> I'm just going to take the clutch out of the PED. We're going we're to give you regular season numbers. Right. It's almost like something you would see on an old episode of The Twilight Zone. Right. <laughs> because it's, it's give and take. Yes. And the mental part of the game is just overwhelms them. They get put into a situation where they're asked to do something or execute something that they know that they should be able to do, and they just can't even make contact. They can't even make contact. And then they play bad defense. Yeah, of course, because they work hand in hand. Mm-hmm. But Alex Rodriguez did come up clutch that one time. One year. I mean, one but year. Barry Bonds didn't get to go like he did. He was Alex Rodriguez went to the Yankees. He went yes. to a super squad. Yes, he did. He did. He went to a squad full of Hall of Famers. Yes. Yeah. Unbelievable. And with the hottest pitcher in baseball with CeCe Sabathia went over there. Um. Yeah, crazy. The other thing I wanted to add before we get off the air was you you brought up the CBA. It reminded me. Did you see this thing that uh, Michael Thomas, all-world, probably the greatest receiver in football right now, uh, said? No, what did he say? Michael Thomas said, and I quote, when asked about the uh, the new CBA that the owners are trying to push on the players to have them play 18 regular season games. Crazy. He said, that's why we shouldn't sign the new CBA agreement. No way the announcer should be making more than 90% of the players. Hashtag no. Now, an insane thing has happened, which is very interesting to see. Tony Romo is getting $18 million per to announce games. And Peyton Manning's about to break that record and get $20 million per to announce games. Now, do you think that Peyton Manning would be better than Tony Romo? I mean, he was a much better quarterback than Tony Romo was. I don't know if he that was. translates in the booth, but Tony because Romo it seems is the like best Tony Romo that I've ever heard. That's what I'm gonna say. It seems like Tony Romo actually has a gift for announcing right. more so than he does for playing yes. the game. You can see that he completely understands the game. He Although, understood it. He just I, couldn't get it done, yeah. but he understood it. And I understand that Peyton Manning probably can do the same thing, but I don't think that he can articulate it like you, like um, I don't Tony know. Romo. Peyton Manning's a pretty articulate. He's a, he's a pretty charismatic guy. He is. I think I may want to listen to Peyton Manning more, even if Tony Romo has more accurate information. Because Peyton Manning is funny and he's fun yeah. and he's like a, a man's man. But do you think he's spontaneously fun? I think or so. Funny from what I've seen, and he's a Ballers fan, so you know, goes to speak to. His, his I think that everybody. <laughs> so yeah, so but That's this a, is this is very interesting. I, it's it's unfair. Ninety percent of the league. Yeah, but the and co- Tony Romo is by far not one of the greats of the NFL. Yeah, but this is the problem with the league. They don't have guaranteed contracts. <laughs> Tony Romo does. Yes, and Peyton Manning will. But he's not in the league. Yes. So this is, this is the benefit of the bonuses of not being in the league. Why should I take that damage? So maybe Michael Thomas should get into the booth because he's the greatest receiver they, they definitely right now. They don't want to give him any. They, they, he won't get that opportunity. But he won't get that opportunity. I mean, but it's crazy, though, because you're talking about paying announcers and coaches and everybody else way the, more than the players get paid, and the players are the ones who have to live with the damage. They have to live with the, the mental damage, the physical damage, yep. and they have to live, they have to be that athlete after their career is over and walk around. He has to be Michael Thomas, the receiver, forever and play that role. He can never get out of that image He'll even once he that walks, image. That, walks away from the game. Look at Jerry Rice. Everywhere he goes. Everywhere he goes. All the time. Mm-hmm. It's full-time, full-on press. Yeah. Everywhere he goes. I've seen it. And I don't know, I don't think Jerry Rice made that kind of money back then. He couldn't have. He made plenty of money for the yeah, relative you know to what the we're time. talking about. Yeah. I mean, these guys are getting big-time guaranteed cheese, some of the bigger receivers like Michael Thomas whatever, yeah. and it's great for Michael Thomas to be able to step up and talk about this. I agree. We don't see enough of that. Yeah, and this is why they keep steamrolling them. Yes, because they won't unify. Yeah. Everybody's so scared of losing their job, so these guys, these guys that are on the second, third team, the practice squad or whatever, they're just making peanuts and getting treated like whatever – you know, they never get a chance or they get an opportunity to play one game. They might show out one game, but then somebody comes back and say, hey, I want to give him one more shot. Then these guys get shipped out. That's it. And that money that they Then made, A-Rod comes up and says he yeah. needs another go-around. Right. And his contract is so heavy they can't help but to, to keep him up there. Man, A-Rod, dude. This dude even – A-Rod <laughs> shouldn't get anything for announcing the games, dude. The dude is – And he should pay. That should be his punishment. Yes. Because especially if we have to listen to him poorly announce every game, by the way. This dude, you could tell – 
You watch him talk about somebody's at bat. He's speaking on at bat, and he can't even tell you what pitch is coming. Ever. He's always wrong. 95% of the time, the dude is wrong with what pitch and where the location and everything. Here we go. Now we got a, we got a, we got a splitter coming right here. It's an OO pitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I just. Unbelievable. But this is the life. This is the world. This is the world we're in. That's the part to me more so than the hypocrisy of A-Rod or anybody else. It's the fact that this is real life. And the truth of the matter is this is how the life works in the United States of America. Right. There, you can cheat and prosper. You see it every single day. At the highest office in the land. At the highest office, on the highest, biggest stage, just like we're talking about with A-Rod. And, and the difference between white-collar crime and blue-collar crime. That, the <laughs> difference between getting popped with crack or getting popped with some coke yeah. when we want to party. Yeah. And, and all of this stuff. It's just, man, it's really disappointing. And with that, I want to leave you guys with a quote about unity. It's from... No one else but the inventor of the assembly line himself, Mr. Henry Ford. It says, coming together is a beginning. Keeping together is progress. Working together is success. Remember, folks, we're all in this thing together, and you can't get it perfectly right every time, but you can strive for righteousness and perfection. I'm your host, Omar Miller, and I hope you all take care of each other. This is The Ozone. Ozone. I'm just living the dream.